Oh, it's New York. Okay, wait. Can we, for just one second, can we talk about when I first met her? And she's like, my name is Michelle and I'm from Las Vegas. And I'm like, you're not from Vegas. But my favorite part, she is a New Yorker through and through. And she, tell them how you had to practice when you moved to Las Vegas, Nevada. How you, like, how you had to practice. You need to tell I them because I died. I, I had to learn and I, I literally didn't know I had to learn until I was doing a, um, you know, a video, you know, a recording and I was doing it with the sheriff. And of course, all of my parts were to say Nevada and I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know how to say Nevada. I thought it was Nevada. The hollow buddy. And welcome to the Hollow Bunny Leadership Podcast. I am Sylvia Moyer. Beside my co-host, Kristen Zeman, we offer you this little bite of leadership. So, Kristen, we have an amazing guest this week. Don't oh we? my gosh, we have such an amazing guest. I already went into the New York accent and just trying to introduce her. My guest today, our guest today, uh, is a very good friend of mine, and her name is Michelle Freeman. Michelle started as a corrections officer in the city of Las Vegas Department of Public Safety in April of 1992. She worked her way up through the ranks, and she became chief of the city of Las Vegas Department of Public Safety in June of 2011 to October of 2020, where she retired. Uh, she recently received her doctorate, so she is now the Doctor of Public Policy from the University of Nevada, and that was in May of 2021. And probably most importantly, she and I both attended the FBI National Academy together, session 249. So I am honored to in, in have her today on our podcast. Um, and I want to talk, of course, about your career, but I think that we are far more interested in what you've been doing since retirement. Um, you know, I just finished reading the book, The Second Mountain. Uh, and in The Second Mountain, the book talks about how we spend, you know, our time kind of climbing the mountain and and attaining achieving and then when we get to that second mountain is when we start to really fulfill our purpose in life and when i read that book i thought of you michelle and and because of all of of what you've been doing with suicide awareness um and and especially since your retirement so why don't you tell us first of all you know when you retired what made you decide you know to, that that was your your passion what brought you to that point uh, thank you. First of all, thank you both so much for even allowing me the privilege to be here with you today. This is, you have no idea. It's truly filling my bunny, truly right now. So um, I've always been interested. I've always just had a big, huge passion placed in my heart for people, for making connections, for helping people. And I always knew that I wanted, I love law enforcement. I love our profession. And I also, at the same time, had a huge place in my heart in the psychology arena in that place. And so sociology, psychology, very close, very important to me. Know that there's like this overlap. There's this connection. It's intertwined, right? You know, I started, like you said, a long time ago. I was 23 years old when I first started or just before my 23rd, uh, 23rd birthday. And I was fortunate enough to be able to sit in a lot of different chairs. And 
learn from so many people and from the entire Southern Nevada um, law enforcement community, community as a whole, people everywhere throughout the nation. Like you mentioned, we connected, um, Kristen and I, we connected through the FBI National Academy, which is such a special place in my, in my heart, because there you have it. The biggest part of it, don't get me wrong, the physical activity and the academia fills me up. I love it. I can never get enough academia and I love also sports and just being active. However, the networking part is just it. That's the cherry on top. And that took me a long time to learn why, why networking. I always thought of it as kissing butt. Truly. <laughs> I remember, I remember when I was going through the ranks and I remember one of the sergeants there um, had said to me, if you want to rate, if you want to continue to move into different spaces, then you need to go make your rounds. And I'm thinking to myself, mm. make my rounds. Doesn't my work ethic speak for itself? I didn't understand the importance of networking and connection and it wasn't kissing butt. It was really, really valuable. And so with that, it kind of takes back to the question that you were you were speaking to, Kristen. Why am I involved in what I'm doing now? And I love, I already wrote down the second mountain book because you know, of course, after probably reading your book again, um, which I have to because I've only read it one and a half times, only one and a half, right? So I have to read it again. And I have it. I mean, it's always right here too. So you know, I mean, oh I gotta give it the shout out. Always, always, always with me. Always with me, right? And although I have to do say, a little disappointed because there's there's no personalization. You can see all my tabs, all my notes, right? But um, no personalization. That she didn't send it to me with like an order. We're gonna or anything. fix that. Oh, I had to just, the guest room. I had to just buy the guest line, room. You know what I'm saying? So anyways, I know, like a peasant. I you know, know, you know, whatever. It's okay. Um, anyway, um, I think I really love hearing that because now I'm trying to rediscover who I am. I've always had a place in my in my space for um, having people support us. Mm -hmm. So when I was in the law enforcement profession from day one, practically. Why were we told to check our bags at the door? And what I mean by the bag at the door is your emotional bag, your emotional luggage, yeah. and pick it up on your way out. So that's how I was taught. And here I am. I'm from New York. We know that. I'm. Don't get me wrong. I have a big heart, but I'm not a big crier. I'm not that. You know that. I don't. I don't do a lot of that. Not that good, bad, or indifferent. It's just not me. So I listened to whatever it was. I checked my bag at the door. I came to work and then I picked up whatever that bag. So my personal life, right? And I always get a kick out of people because when people say, um, oh, would you like to talk about some, you know, sometimes you get invited to talk about things. Talk about work-life balance. I say, work-life balance, isn't it all life and work falls into it? It's life, you know, and, and work falls in with your personal. So I would call it, I would submit it's life balance, not work-life yeah. balance. And so during that space, it's like, we should be getting the support, the emotional support that we don't receive. And that was something yeah. from early on in the organization that I tried to journey with. We never had an emotional, like a, so we call it a PEEP, a police employee assistant professional, 
or a person in that space in our organization. So that was something for a really long time that I had submitted and put up through the chain of commands and tried to get on our or in our organization so that we can help our people have the best connections by being the best person. If we don't take care of ourselves first, it's just kind of like that whole mask on the airplane thing, right? If we don't put our oxygen mask on first before we do for anyone else, how are we going to be our best self to give our best self? So, okay, I have about 100 questions. Um, I think one of them is uh, regarding this resilience work that you're doing, right? Another is regarding your dissertation work, your doctoral work. But really, I want to dive into this important, these two big leadership nuggets that you just gave us and make sure that our millions of listeners do not miss these. One, you talked about this work-life balance being life balance. I've consistently said that work-life balance is bullshit and trying to achieve it you're setting yourself up for failure. So that's super interesting that it's all life balance. That is a really important leadership lesson. The other is you touched on networking and how you connect with people and how might that really fill our listeners with something uh, and to give themselves an idea of how important that is for where you arrived. Can you kind of expand on that before we get into this super important and exciting resilience stuff that you do? Absolutely. And it actually blends right in. So, um, so I just want to make sure I'm clear. The piece that we want to talk about is the networking that's so important. Is that correct? Is that what you want? There's a real leadership lesson there. Yeah. Yeah. It, It took me a really long time to learn that. I didn't realize, right? We go through life and we grow through life and we never stop growing as long as we continue to want to learn and not stay stagnant and continue to do things just like you're doing, right? Like we're doing right here. Both of you are are having this platform for people so that we can have conversations to hear and learn from each other. Sometimes we hear the same thing over and over, but it takes a different individual at a different time to actually really hear it and listen to it, right? Because there's a difference between hearing and listening. Yeah, so wait, I wanna touch on something because Syl's bringing, extrapolating some really great nuggets to fill the this hollow bunny. And one of them that I wanna point out because I know you won't do it for yourself, but it's about leadership. And it's about the idea that I think we can all agree that in our profession, you know, we have this, it's a stigma. Number one, we die at, at, at our own hand more than we are killed on the street. Mm-hmm. So suicide is the number one killer, you know, in, in law enforcement. And yet, even so, you would think that that we would have then built into that, you know, that ecosystem, a place where we can get help. But instead, it's just the opposite. It's just what you said, that pushing, you know, the baggage. You know, I, I had a conversation with one of my commanders and said, listen, our officers need help. And he said, what do we got to do? Check in with everybody and make sure they're okay. You know, what a bunch of mamby pambies. So with that mindset, we're basically telling people, yeah. suck it up and take the pain. Yeah. And it's not working. And so I, I want to really 
uh, underscore highlight the fact that you as a leader brought this to your your department to your people because it starts at the top giving people permission to ask for help so you know you are most definitely a, a solid bunny and i just want to point that out it's about leadership and and you had the wherewithal to do that i i appreciate the shout out and i i truly i i think i have to i don't think it was me i really think I had a wonderful upbringing. I'm fortunate enough to have both my parents um, who instilled in me to do the right thing for the right reasons all the time. And um, those things were to have conversations and treat people respectfully and see people for who they are and who they are as internal and to appreciate all those people and know that we don't always know the secrets or the stories that are going on, right? So. So in some of the training that, so through the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, which I'm gonna give a huge strong shout out, right? I've been, I was on the board for nine years with the organization. I'm still very connected to the organization. However, I had to practice what I preach and I needed a moment to breathe. So I'm, I'm no longer a board member, but I still cherish the organization, support the organization, support the mission. Um, bringing hope to those who, who who need the hope. I still facilitate for the for suicide awareness. I still go into our academy, go into our cultures, go into our communities. We've done some great things here in the state of Nevada through AFSP. AFSP is the um, the acronym for the American Foundation for Suicide Pre Prevention. We've gone into places where culturally it's not really accepted to even say the word suicide, right? And we can put that in many places, many cultures, many professions, many wherever, wherever we want to put it. And we try very hard to try and train within the suicide world, try and train safe language. We try and train what really is going on behind the scenes. And this iceberg that we like, I like to use the iceberg, right? We see what's on top of the iceberg. That's what anybody wants us to know. So whatever I want you to know about me, I'm going to show you on top of this iceberg. Whatever I don't want you to know necessarily, or maybe I just haven't talked to you about yet, is below the iceberg. And all those things below the iceberg are part of me. And just because I'm smiling on the outside doesn't mean I have a full, healthy inside. All right. I, I got to dive oh. into this because you're talking about oh. the iceberg is super resonant and you're talking about what's below the water level. And a few days ago, Michelle Freeman, you tweeted this water becomes clear through stillness. How can I become still by flowing with the stream? That was a quote by Lao Tzu that you tweeted. And so there's some resonance around stillness there's some resonance i think here and some things to explore related to what is below the water level uh and what is above you have you have spoken quite interestingly about um what is right in our field of view um and when you speak to that and you speak about this kind of metaphor uh or well, we should explore metaphor and analogy, by the way, someday. We'll do that. Uh, but you speak about water. Is there is there a message that we should get related to stillness, clarity? What is above the water line? What is below? Is there something that you really want us to gain 
from that. I love it. And thank you for the follow. And thank you for the retweet of the tweet, meaning right now here and here live. Right. Um, so I love I love it. I love stoicism as well. And Ryan Holiday also mm. speaks about stillness. <gasps> stillness is the key. Right. He wrote a book. Stillness mm. is the key. And so um, it really is. And and so I will say this. So so I'm going to wrap a lot of the things because I'm involved in a lot of things that overlap. So with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, Blue Help, which is an organization yeah. for suicide prevention for law enforcement officers who now has opened up to first there. They fall under first help and firefighters, um, uh, fire. I don't want to mistake fire EMS and dispatch is also now they're counting suicide. So it's basically suicide uh, assistance, meaning they help the survivors of people lost by suicide in those four different areas. And that's where I had to get a lot of my information because there was not a lot of information um, during my, do my doctoral program. So I used Blue Help, their information. Mm -hmm. And also I, I, need to, I need to do a quick disclosure here. This is known suicides. We, un we unfortunately know that there's a vast, there's a lot more suicides than are reported. And the reported suicides are ones that are validated by Blue Help and by AFSP when their AFSP does their research um, and they are research-based. What I love about AFSP is there's really four major areas of AFSP. One is research. So everything they have is research-based. Second is advocacy, advocating, advocating that it's okay to not be okay and to get the assistance that you need. One is support, supporting the survivors and supporting those who are having suicidal ideations at the moment. And the last one is educating. And it's a nonprofit organization where I'm a volunteer. I, I go and I, I train for free. I don't get paid. I get paid by my heart, but I don't get paid, right? So um, it's a, it's an organization that's great. And so now I'm going to wrap back into to the water and the, some of the other things. So I also coincidentally had a had a. Uh, Oprah's a, calling. Can you hold on for a moment. Oprah's calling. Kristen's email. Oh hey. Guys, I got to take this. It's Oprah. Uh, this is so awkward. Keep talking amongst yourselves. <laughs> I was waiting for the siren and I thought it was going to be me. And I'm so excited. What? I'm so excited. What? It's Chief Zeman. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Leave the phone on. Yeah. Miss Technology. I have no excuse for myself. I have no excuse for myself. You know what? Total rookie move. Mm, I know. I'm practicing resilience right now. Um, and I think I need to go. As you're speaking with your mouth full, too. This is great. You are on top of your game. This is this. Stillness. Yes. Yes. We're going to get into that. So being resilient, part of resilient is practice the resiliency so that when you need it, it's there. Don't wait. We want to practice now. And I will mention one more, um, one more that I really think is important for me to talk about is resilient minds on the front lines. And I am also a facilitator um, and advisor. And Michael Pellegrino from New Jersey, I'm going to give a shout out. He and his beautiful wife, Dee, has started this organization, which is just invaluable. It's in New Jersey. So Michael and Dee, during the time of, of our pandemic, 
right? The worst time that we know of in history, in, 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 you know, throughout the world, we had this pandemic, this worldwide pandemic going on and he wanted to do something to help people because we could not, we could not physically connect. We kept talking about socially disconnecting. I, I want to submit it was physical disconnection and social connection. So I don't like the term socially distanced. We want to socially stay connected, but we needed to physically distance during the pandemic, right? Because we social connection is imperative to healthy humans, right? It's part of our soup ingredient, right? So, so during this time, Mm. he decided to do these, these virtual, he did video, he did video podcasts. He started at them and he ended them. They were beautiful. And, and it was bringing 15 minutes of hope in a, in a, in a world that has turned upside down. And from Mm. then he now starts resilient minds on the front lines. And now I'm going to get to the water. Bring it. So for me personally, it took me so many years to understand meditation. I kept on pushing it away. No, I cannot. I can't meditate. I can't turn my head off. I, I, you know, my mind's off. It's just going a million miles an hour. But you know what? That's not what meditation is. So I want you, I, I'm going to represent the people that don't get it, meditation. Um, I am a meditation flunky. Syl has had me sign up for the 10% Happier app, and I, I do understand the value, and I've, I'm a, I'm, I, my mind just goes a million miles a minute, so I consider my, I'm a self-proclaimed flunky, but here's what I need you to make the connection for me and all of the other people who are resistant, um, because when you talk about connection, social distancing, networking, all those things, so that is how I that is how I cope. I pick up the phone and I call one of you two. You, you know, you two are my tribe. So that to me is, is, is my, that's how I build my resilience. And I understand what you're saying about stillness, but help me and the other people who don't get it. How does being still build resilience so that we can cope with the things that happen to us in life? Help, help me and the others who don't get it. Yeah, I love it. So I'm going to I'm going to tell you you're okay. There's nothing wrong with being resistant and to I wouldn't I wouldn't say you're a flunky at all. I would just say that's not the tool in your resiliency belt that you choose to to go to because it's not one of the things that works best for you. And that's okay. Maybe one day it will and maybe it won't. However, I submit that in the right space at the right time, if you're open to it, if you open your heart, you open your mind, that you will be able to have that meditated connection. Okay, but what I want to know is that your problems are still there when you come to. So, so, so meditate. So- okay, so come on, Michelle. Michelle, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna lift a sister up here. Uh, you know, meditation is a practice. It's not everybody's jam, Kristen. We've talked about this, and it is. It is about putting yourself in a place you breathe, you notice, and you come right back. It's a pathway to mindfulness and and mindfulness about grounding yourself to where you are so that you can respond to the situation you've been called to, right? And that's what Michelle is offering. And we're also offering for you, Kristen. I'm guessing Michelle will join me in this. 
you and others that are skeptics saying it might not be your jam and there's no wrong way to do it. There are plenty of guides out there that can help you find that space and, and find that practice. And, and thank you, Sylvia. Thank you for bringing me back to where we should be, right? Because not everybody can see and hear what's going on. And yeah, so it's one of the, one of the tools on your tool belt. If you never, if that's not ever something that you want to reach for, it's there. And I'll tell you, gratitude is one of the best things that you can practice. There is um, every night. Retweet. Gratitude mm-hmm. practice with Jeff Warren every single night. Jeff Warren on 10% Happier. Jeff and I go to bed together every night. I love it. Which might sound weird. So that's so <laughs> interesting because that's interesting that you do a meditation practice of right. gratitude where for me, I do a notebook where I write it all down. So I guess that's really what I'm grabbing from all of this. And that's why I was playing the devil's advocate here is that, you know, if people don't buy into, you know, meditation, your point is that you're trying to get across is that it's about awareness, about in the moment, knowing yourself and what's going on with you. Because once you're aware, you can then regulate your emotions. But for some people, it might be listening to music. It might be jumping on that Peloton on the treadmill you know, and running it out. It might be, you know, sitting in stillness. It might be reading. So I guess that's really what I just wanted to get across is that there's not one right answer to building resilience and coping. That's it. You, 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 uh, you beautifully state it, Kristen. And, and that's the thing. It's that you want to have a whole conglomeration of things because not every single time it's going to be the same thing that's going to get you where you need to go to. Right. Um, sometimes it's, we're, sometimes we're going to want a piece of pizza and sometimes we're going to want a salad. So, uh, uh, you don't want pizza, Sylvia? Uh, you don't like pizza? Well, uh, we're going to have a fight here because we got the Chicago deep dish versus the New York. Okay, pie. We're going to get towards the end, right? Oh my gosh. It's New York. There's no question. We don't have to even talk about it. We're done. We're oh done. my gosh. It's the <laughs> Chicago pie. It's the Chicago pie. We're done. It's the Chicago pie. I, I don't even know. Okay. I, don't, I don't even listen. Good thing Twizzlers bring us together. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Right. So okay, I know. So what if I, what if we said this? So for everybody that's listening, okay, Kristen writes, she's a magnificent writer. She goes out and has a daily practice of journaling. My daily practice is different. Everybody's daily practice is different, right? And it's different every on different days. This, what Michelle is offering is compassion, gratitude, resilience, all this stuff. And what if we said this, compassion is the daily practice of recognizing and accepting our shared humanity so that we treat ourselves and others with loving kindness. And then we take action in the face of any suffering that is before us. Compassion for self extended to then compassion for others and then building this gratitude as Kristen offered there's a lot of research that's that's offering that we can actually change the way we think we feel and we act by doing these practices gratitude compassion loving kindness that there's a lot that's informs that we can build more uh, resilience as a result what if we say all of that to you and then michelle as you kind of prep your answer for that we're going to do kind of a a, a quick hit uh, session right after this, and we'll get to that Chicago versus New York pizza. 
<laughs> you were going to have. What do you, what do you think? I, I a hundred percent agree with you. And I think it starts with yourself. And I think that's the thing. And, and I'm going to run back to the law enforcement space just for a quick moment, because I think when I went to Wisconsin and I decided, you know, I was asked to speak about my, um, my doctoral study, I decided to call it self before service, flipping the paradigm. And that's very uncomfortable, mm. even for me to say, because as law enforcement officers, we serve others before ourselves. Now, I'm not saying we can't serve others and we're not going to continue to run into the danger or into whatever that space is to help out your mother, your brother, your loved one, whomever it is. However, how can we serve the very best if we don't take care of ourselves? Yeah, my mom used to say that uh, selfish is in our language is basically in our understanding in North America is to do for yourself at the deprivation of others. But there's some, some Eastern thought that offers there's a second definition is to do for self so you can be of greater service. Absolutely. Is that what you're is that what Absolutely. You're Absolutely. And I'm not taking away. I'm not I'm not taking away from any 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 way that anyone thinks and any's per, anyone's perspective and right. What it took me a long time. And when I was trying to determine, cause they said, Oh, you have to come up with a title. And I said, I don't care, whatever, you know, just, and I'm like, okay, I guess I want someone to come into the, I want yeah. someone to come listen to me. I'm traveling to Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. So I had to come up with this title and I'm, and, mm -hmm. and, and I really, and I really struggled because when I, when I wrote, I journaled everything, I kept journaling it. And then I called a very close friend of mine out here who happens to be a doctor at UNLV. I started just speaking and telling her all the things that I was writing down. And she said, this is what I'm hearing you say. And basically she said, I'm hearing you say mm -hmm. that you're self before service. You're flipping the paradigm. And, and I. Interesting. Yeah, I love that. That is so, so cool. And, and I think the one thing that also to highlight here is that not only, you know, putting yourself first that you have to and that it's not selfish to do that, but I think also, you know, every study that has been done says that, you know, we are not meant to be solo creatures. We are here uh, for one another to build relationships and to build connections. And that is honestly what builds resilience. And so I can think of no better way uh, to build some resilience than right here. And I know, uh, Michelle, you were with me at a, at a transition in my life when um, I'm not afraid to talk about it, but um, you know, the day that I got bangs, uh, um, so, you know, you were there with me. This was very serious. Um, Please do not laugh. I don't like to talk about it. I don't, I don't like to talk about it a lot, but the perm. it was, this was something that no one expected. I, I can't even talk about it. This was an unexpected occurrence. It was, yeah. Um, they cute Michelle yeah. Obama bangs or were they? Yes. <laughs> No, it was just, we went to go find, you know, we're, we're for 10 oh. weeks, you know, we're at Quantico and there's nowhere to go get your no. hair done. And we went no. to the mall and no. we, we bought matching tank tops no. and, um, no. we, we went and, and I got a haircut and I walked out with bangs and it was very no. dramatic for me. And, and I had my friends with me no. and so she got me through that transition. So <laughs> I'm just planting the plane right there, but I have one final question for you, Dr. Freeman. Tell us, you know, the metaphor for hollow bunny is that we are just looking for nuggets and chunks of wisdom to fill the bunny. Tell us as we, as we leave this time together, tell us what fills oh your my gosh. Bunny. You know, 
I knew the question was going to come and I really didn't know what to say. And I feel like this is what I see. So I have kind of two answers if that's permissible. One, no, no rules. rules. I love no rules. I'm all about the rules. She's all about no rules. Sylvia, you're moderating the rules. So, you know, I won't go too long. I'll say this. The first time I heard about the hollow Bonnie concepts, right? Um, and um, was really just, uh, I mean, really taking it in and hearing how amazing it is and hearing that there are so many people who have hollowness inside of them. And then I thought to myself, there are also people that think they have substance and they may not be hollow. However, their substance is not something that is healthy and helpful for the rest of us. And so hmm. when I first heard about this, I imagined like M&Ms inside of this hollow bunny. I never really saw it hollow. Like when I visu visibly saw like heard it, I never saw it hollow. I, I saw it filled with all these different colors of M&Ms, right? And it doesn't matter. Pick whatever you want. Pick plain peanut, caramel, peanut butter, whatever flavor you want, because the inside is all the same. And as human beings inside of us, we all are made up the same. And our external coating, right? These M&Ms are different colors. And the external coating are whatever comes out and what makes each of us unique. And so I see this hollow bunny and I would take the ear because, of course, I would take the ear. I'd methodically go for this. And Sylvia, You're I'm, I'm with you, Sylvia, on the ear, right? <laughs> and I would then spill out the M&Ms and see which M&Ms I like because there's certain colors I don't eat. Seriously. I know. That's weird. I know. I'm just telling you. So anyways, I, I didn't think I was going to actually say that. Here's my vulnerability. I don't eat yellow. I don't eat yellows. I don't know why. Oh, I don't know why. Aren't they all the same? I don't know what it flavor? is. I can't eat a yellow M&M. See, just for for our millions of listeners, this now you can see that that this credibility that she lacks in M&Ms also lends itself to pizza, which means Chicago wins. <laughs> well, I was going to flip it. You I, see how I did that? All right. You know what? I tip my hat to you. I tip my hat. So with the M&Ms inside, I think, I, think it, I think it allows, for me, I see that I welcome all walks of life, all individuals. I love to learn. It doesn't matter if I'm learning from you that I don't want to take something that you have to offer. It might be something that, okay, you know, like you go to a learning and, or you go to a training and no matter what, you're going to learn something. Even if, even if it's, I'm not coming back to listen to this training again, you're going to learn something from the training. So I see this hollow bunny that's filled with so much knowledge and so many different color M&Ms. And sometimes they're just not right for us right now. And sometimes they served a purpose and they no longer serve the purpose. I can either keep them and save them, or I could take that ear and I can allow the ones to leave that need to go and leave room for more to bring into me to continue to, to help me grow and learn and fill me in just to continue to connect with human beings. Does that make sense at all? Oh, 
Oh, it does. And I love that so much. I, I always love these answers. Well, Dr. Michelle Freeman, thank you so much for being with us today, for sharing your time and your expertise uh, and your compassion to help others. I really believe that on the second mountain, you are, you've made such a big difference on the first mountain, but in the second mountain, you are uh, most likely you know, having a greater impact. So thank you so much. You are my favorite person to have around. I love you so much, okay? I love you oh, back. Love you. Thank you. Love Thank you, you so it. much. And I'm going to, I'd like to, if I can say one thing prior to closing, um, I'm a huge quote person as, as Sylvia had brought up earlier as well. And I'm going to say, so every night before I go to sleep, I really do. I sit by myself quietly or lie down by my, with myself quietly. And I think of what are the two things that I'm most grateful for that happened today and things of substance not things, and don't get me wrong, breathing can be a thing because sometimes it's difficult to breathe. I'm thinking of one of my very favorite quotes, which is from John F. Kennedy. And he said, we must find the time to stop and thank those people who make a difference in our lives. And Kristen Ooh. and Sylvia and Ted, thank you today for making a difference in my life and allowing me to have that gratitude that I can take with me and keep in my heart and reminisce the, in this evening when I reflect upon my day today with you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. Thanks, Dr. Thank Freeman. you. All right, everybody, that's it for the Hollow Bunny podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. If you like the show, please like and subscribe. If you didn't, that's okay. Keep on scrolling. And we'll see you next time on the Hollow Bunny Leadership Podcast with myself, Kristen Zeman, and my beautiful co-host, Sylvia Moyer. Peace out, everyone. When you look inside, what do you find? Are you content to fall behind when you lose your way and you've lost your way? Have courage and get ready to fight the hollow buddy. When the way ahead is covered in smoke and you're tired and scared and you're losing hope, you'll open your heart and your eyes and see a challenge and a question. Why not me to fight the hollow buddy? Oh!
inside but empty within Something's gonna crack, you've gotta start again we It's tough on the outside but empty within Something's gonna crack, you've gotta start again The heart won't have to be